News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. On the Mark is powered by Cunis Country Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area at 221 North 36th Street, Quincy. Faith, family, and giving back. That's Cunis Country. And now, here's Mark Hespin. Good morning, Tri-States, and wherever you may be listening on the News Talk 1070 KHMO app. This is On the Mark. I am Mark Hespin. Brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. You gotta ask them about that lifetime powertrain warranty on new and used vehicles. The dealership's doing something really fun today uh, and this week because it's March, March Madness. If you stop by the dealership, and it's a beautiful day here in the Quincy-Hannibal area, uh, you have the chance to take money off of your purchase by hitting a layup, by hitting a free throw, and a three-pointer. The more shots you make, the more money you take off your purchase. Those guys are just the best. They're always coming up with fun, clever things, uh, ways to give back. So stop by Cunis Honda Hyundai today. Uh, tell them Mark sent you. Go hit, a, go hit some shots in March Madness and, uh, and earn some money off your ride. Um, welcome on into episode 176 of On the Mark here on this March 4th, broadcasting live from our KHMO studios here in Quincy, we have a jam-packed show for you. The breaking news as of an hour ago, we know Bryce Young's measurements. The former Heisman Trophy winner has been measured. He has been weighed. We will get to all that. I have a couple big NBA stories over the last week that have developed and some trends that we're going to touch on later in the show. Um, I spent this last week watching the full swing a Netflix golf documentary. I have some thoughts on that. And also the PGA Tour has announced some changes to the tour this year uh, that I think are really smart. They're small steps more in the right direction that makes live even more ridiculous. And um, and then we'll wrap up the show. The Detroit Lions head coach Dan Campbell said something really interesting about the combine. I have some thoughts on that. Kind of Basically putting the combine into perspective. And, and you got to remind yourselves, this is not the time to get lost in the highlight videos, right? Um, and then a couple other quick uh, NFL stories to wrap up the show. Thank you so much for making me a part of your Saturday morning. Reach out to me on Twitter, on Instagram. You can follow me there, at Mark Hespen, M-A-R-K-H-E-S-P-E-N. Follow the show if you're listening on the ter- terrestrial radio or on uh, the KHMO app, you can follow the show on Facebook. Just search On The Mark KHMO on Facebook. Let's jump into it. Let's waste no more time. Hespin headline number one. Hespin's headlines on the mark. Okay. It is time. It is that year of time of the year where I make my quarterback predictions uh, for the NFL draft. I, we are about a month away from the NFL draft. It's going to be the end of April. Uh, you're going to start hearing all of this draft, mock draft stuff. There's going to be some trades. It looks like the Bears are open to trading number one, which is a good idea. Uh, so you're going to see teams starting to move, shake, shimmer. And now all of a sudden it's going to be uh, who's going uh, one overall. Last year's draft was kind of a bummer because we knew it, at that time Kenny Pickett was going to be a first rounder. And the rest of the guys, the Malik Willis's of the world, uh, you know, all started to figure out, are they going to be in the first round? Are they not going to be in the first round? But this year it feels pretty good 
We feel pretty confident we're going to have four first-round quarterbacks taken. So I'm going to go through those four names, those four guys, give you my thoughts on them, give you my predictions on them, so that way we have complete clarity over the next month when everything's chaos and haywire and people are saying, you'll never believe who this team is trading up to get. I want to I want to have a firm stance so you guys know where I stand on all these prospects going into it. Because to be very, very honest with you, the pro days and the throwing at the combine means very little to me. Even Bryce Young getting measured today means very little to me as far as weight, as far as what their careers will look like as a pro. The only thing that's going to change for me now, in my opinion, on how these four guys, their pro careers will go from today until the first snaps of the NFL season is where they're drafted. We know where a quarterback is drafted means immense amounts to how their career will actually pan out. People like to give me grief all the time. Well, the Bears, they didn't draft Patrick Mahomes. They took Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. And do I do I think that Patrick Mahomes would be much better than Mitchell Trubisky if he had played for the Bears? Absolutely. Do I think that Patrick Mahomes would be a two-time MVP, two-time Super Bowl champion, two-time Super Bowl MVP if he was drafted by the Bears? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I think Patrick Mahomes is smart enough to know that as well. Where you're drafted, the organization that takes you, and how they support you, it matters immensely to these guys' careers. So between now and draft day, nothing is going to change for me in which I think uh, and how I view them as prospects and my projections for them in their NFL career. Once they get drafted, we'll obviously do like we always do, We'll go back, we'll look at the draft, and we can readjust predictions from there, right? So let's get into it. Um, let's let's go through these four prospects, and let me give you my thoughts on them. First and foremost, let's start with the former Heisman Trophy winner, Bryce Young, uh, quarterback out of Alabama. Um, he measured in today at five foot ten and one eighth. 204 pounds. Now let's all, let's, let's call a spade a spade, right? The kid isn't 204 pounds. He has been, uh, for the last four days, I bet he hasn't used the bathroom. Uh, he has, uh, uh, I bet carbo loaded and eat nothing but steak, had some extra milkshakes the last 48 hours to pack on to get up to 204 pounds. The kid probably played at Alabama most of the year under 190, probably around 185. My goal, my guess is that he knows in order to be successful in his pro career, he is going to have to end up playing more at around 200 pounds, 205 pounds, the weight he's at now. And so I think that's going to be the goal of the organization that drafts him, the goal of him and his personal uh, his training staff to say, hey, Bryce, we've got to start getting some man weight on your body and find a way for you to perform at a heavier weight. I think that's absolutely great. But he's not actually 204 pounds. Um, my guess is by the time he actually takes snaps as a rookie quarterback, he'll be somewhere around 195, 194 in that weight. Um, heavier than he was in Alabama, but not not just as, as bulked as he's gotten here. Why do you think he's not throwing and doing all these things today? 
Now he's got an official weight. Now he can get back in, in his throwing shape and all this stuff, which is probably about 10 pounds lighter than he is now, and actually go out and perform well at Alabama Pro Day. What's interesting about Bryce Young's five foot ten, two hundred and four measurement is those are official measurements. The NFL weighs you and puts you on flat foot. Let's get a height. You know who else weighed in at two hundred and seven pounds just a couple years ago, three pounds heavier than Bryce Young. You know who else measured in at exactly five foot ten? And one-eighth inch tall, just a couple years ago, is the number one overall pick, Kyler Murray. Bryce Young is Kyler Murray. He is. Now, their styles are slightly different. Kyler is a baseball player who's a little bit more willing to be mobile. And it should matter because Kyler Murray, I think, lost a little weight to the combine, because I think Kyler Murray plays at a chunkier, heftier. If you see a picture of Kyler Murray right now, he's much heavier than 207. Kyler Murray's probably playing weight around 220 at 5'10 and a half, which I think is a good thing. It's a good thing. Now, could you argue that led to the soft tissue, the ACL tear? Maybe. But I also think you have to argue that I'm okay with the risk of an ACL tear with Kyler Murray at 220 because he needs to be that weight to withstand hits in the modern NFL. Where Bryce Young, his comparison is Kyler Murray. And it's more than Kyler Murray that their playing styles are similar. They have they throw a beautiful ball. They can make every throw. They are absolutely undersized. So you're going to have to design an offense in which you get the quarterback away from his six foot five offensive lineman so he can actually see over uh the players, just like they did at Alabama. Now the difference in the NFL and Alabama is the fact that in Alabama, that six foot five offensive lineman allowed him to take seven and nine step drops because no one was touching him. Because you have nothing but five star offensive linemen going up against three and four star defensive linemen in a lot of uh, in a lot of opportunities. I mean, Bryce Young was barely getting touched unless they played Georgia or LSU, right? So you didn't have to roll them out as much because you just take deeper drops, you can see over the field. Now, that's just not the case in the NFL. You take seven-step drops in the NFL, Joey Bosa is on you in three seconds. You try to take a nine-step deep straight drop in the NFL, J.J. Watt is eating you for lunch all day. T.J. Watt, excuse me. J.J. just retired. So... Bryce Young is Kyler Murray in the sense that when to be successful in the modern NFL, which he can be successful, you've got to find an offense that will, uh, you know, assimilate to him and his skill set and his size. And it's doable. We've seen it done. I'm not saying it's not doable. It's very doable. So my, my the obvious comp for Bryce Young is Kyler Murray. The other thing I'll say about Bryce Young is I don't mind you taking Bryce Young in the top five, number one overall, though, even. I, I don't mind it. I'm not going to hate on you for doing it. He's a really talented kid who can have success in the NFL, and I think high levels of success. What I will say, though, is as an organization that drafts Bryce Young, you need to be committed to winning within the five years of you drafting him. Bryce Young, to me, is a five-year quarterback. Maybe six, seven years at max. Okay? So what does that mean? 
If you're the Houston Texans, if you're the Indianapolis Colts, if you are the Raiders, the Seahawks, you have got to be ready and willing to get out of Bryce Young everything in the first five years. You got to be ready to win a Super Bowl and and compete within five years. I'm not saying next year. I get it, rookie year, rebuilding, all those things. But by year two, you've got to be ready to compete to win your division. You have to be, because Bryce Young, by year five, six, seven, you're going to be in the slot, the scenario that a lot of teams are in, where it's like, do I really pay this guy big money? Now he's injury prone. Now he's been nicked up. Now that that small frame has five years of NFL hits on it. And he's not the same quarterback he was. Look at the Dolphins are facing with Tua. It's year four with Tua. And all the only offseason things you're hearing about is, well, he's trying, he's working with jujitsu trainers to learn how to not get concussed. Yikes. I don't love the sound of that. Right? So, the next three guys I'm going to talk about are more than five-year players. They're not as ready to win right now, but they may be still with your organization, leading your organization on a long-term contract six, seven years from now. I don't I don't personally believe Bryce Young is that guy. I think Bryce Young's career arc is very similar to Kyler, to Watua, his career arc is where it's like you've got to win now and then as an organization be prepared to say after five years we are willing to move on or we've got to we've got to sign you to a deal that's not going to hamstring us because you're not the same player you were in year two three four of your career that you're going to be in year six seven eight of your career he could still have a career but it's just not the same look at Marcus Mariota Right, he's a great example. Marcus Mariota led his team to multiple playoff victories. Years three, four, two, three, four was an explosive player. But Marcus Mariota in the modern NFL today, in year eight, he just is not the same guy. The hits have added up. The athleticism's not there. The slight frame, it's just not there. And Bryce Young is absolutely comparable in that way. So take Bryce Young, take him with a top five pick, trade up to go get him. But if I were a team who's really high on Bryce Young, it would be more so a team like the Seahawks, team like the Panthers, team like the Titans, team like the Jets later in the draft, team like the Ravens, the Vikings, who can win with Bryce Young in year two, three, four of Bryce Young's career and then find a way to maneuver the cap and the deal so you don't have to sign him to a giant deal. So that's my thoughts on Bryce Young. I, I I I would not take him number one overall. I do think he's the most ready-to-win quarterback now, but you've got to be an organization who's ready to win with him. You're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO, the KHMO app. All right, let's move on to C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud out of out of uh, Ohio State. He's 6'3". He's 215. Listen, I don't love what C.J. Stroud said at the podium two days ago. I think it's bad, bad luck. He said he he compares himself and he looks up to Michael Vick and Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Yeah. Not great. Well, I don't have to tell you what Michael Vick did in his career. We all know he made some really bad off-the-field decisions. 
And I certainly don't have to tell you what Deshaun Watson did in his career. Certainly made some horrific off-the-field decisions. Now, is C.J. Stroud actually going to be those guys? No, he seems like a very bright, smart young kid who has his stuff together. And, and, and that's why it's even more shocking that he would say, my career, uh, the guys I look up to are Vic and, and Watson. Now, if you watch the tape, he's got a lot of Deshaun Watson in him. Physically, same size, a little bit taller. Uh, throwing style, very similar to Deshaun Watson. Can hit all the big shots you want him to. And is surprisingly very mobile. I think Deshaun Watson ran more. Obviously, he ran. I don't think. I know he ran more in college than C.J. Stroud did. But C.J. Stroud is very much the tip, the prototypical quarterback you want in the modern NFL. 6'3", 215, can make every single throw. And when it's a third and seven, what did I harp on for uh, Kirk Cousins? Third and seven, you got to run. You just got to pick it up. The, the defense is giving it to you. Run, run, run. Get a first down. Extend the play. Instead, he dumps it to the tight end for two yards and hopes his tight end makes a play when he's got a guy in him. C.J. Stroud will see the lane open up in a third and seven, and boom, runs, gets you seven yards. Next first down, let's go, let's go, let's go. I think C.J. Stroud, to me, is the best overall prospect in this draft because I think C.J. Stroud is the modern NFL quarterback. He can make every throw. He played in a big-time uh, conference in big-time games. He understands the pressure of that. He is uh, accurate. He's got a high ceiling. He's got room to grow. He's certainly not hit his ceiling. But he also is mobile to the extent where he can kill you with his legs, but it's not the first thing you think of when you think of him. I like C.J. Stroud a lot. C.J. Stroud has the chance, if he ends up in a place like a Seattle or a, a Detroit where he gets to sit for a year or two, uh, you know, he could be, he could have a, a really incredible career. Now, if he ends up in a Vegas, in a Indy, where I think he'd be really supported and has some weapons, I think by year two, year three, you could start to see huge strides. I mean, he reminds me a lot of Justin Fields. He reminds me a lot of Deshaun Watson, the way he plays. He is exactly what you want as a modern NFL quarterback. Now, does CJ Stroud, a 15 year player? I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, but I don't think that has to matter to take him high in the first round because the modern NFL quarterback I don't think is a 15-year player. I think the modern NFL quarterback is a 7- to 10-year player. Maybe a 5- to 10-year player. 5- to 8-, 9-year player. Where it's like, oh my gosh, in years 3 through 6, they are incredible. They are unstoppable. But because of the hits they take, years 8, and 9, and 10 are really shaky and it takes them years one and two to get their feet under to figure out the NFL. But from years three to eight, they can win you Super Bowls. I think C.J. Stroud could be that. I think Bryce Young, because of his size, his window's more limited. I like C.J. Stroud more than Bryce Young. He would be my number one quarterback in this year's draft. Um, obviously, then we get to Will Levis. Will Levis is a little bit more of a hybrid as well. Will Levis is... The 6'3", more prototypical pocket passer, but can get you 
the yards with his feet. He is willing to run, um, but I think Will Levis is the type of guy that on a third and seven is not going to see that as a, ooh, great, I can run and pick it up. He's going to see it more as a, who do I need to hit? So I think Will Levis is, now we're getting on the opposite side. C.J. Stroud is kind of in between Young and Levis, right? Levis is leaning more and more towards the pocket passer. Um, Levis, to me, has a lot of uh, Jay Cutler in him. I I watched the film, and it reminds me of Jay Cutler. Similar size, 6'3", 230, mobile when they need to be, but really just relies on the fact that he's got a cannon. He's got a big arm. He's got a cannon. Um, Will Levis, uh, to me, is a, it would be perfect in the spots like a uh, like a, a Detroit where he could sit for a year. If Detroit gets Will Levis, think about Will Le- You know, Detroit's picking at eighteen. Will Levis, um, you know, having a uh, getting an opportunity uh, to sit behind a, 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 a you know a, a Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, and all of a sudden you give Will Levis. A year behind Kirk Cousins, you move on from Cousins, and now you have Will Levis with Justin Jefferson and that offense. I think Will Levis uh, has the chance to be a, a really, really great NFL quarterback, depending on where he goes. If Will Levis ends up in Atlanta, ends up in Indy, ends up uh, you know in a place where he needs to carry the team right away, I think it could be a rough year or two transition that may, who knows, shake his confidence and it may flame out. Um I like Will Levis a lot. Um, I would draft Will Levis over Bry- Bryce Young as well. I know. I, I, I'm not saying don't draft Bryce Young. I like Bryce Young. But if it was me, the GM, Bryce Young would be my third quarterback on the list ahead of the guy who I would place fourth, Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson from Florida. He is the Trey Lance, the Josh Allen, right? Okay, so 6'4", 230, runs like Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields. He's a galloping, big, striding, fast runner, explosive runner. His arm, when you look at the tape, the ball jumps off his hands like Trey Lance, like Josh Allen, like Lamar Jackson, where it's like, holy smokes, this kid is a freak. And he is. He's an absolute dynamic freak athlete out of out of Florida. Why do I have him fourth on this list? I do think he's a first-round prospect. I would, if I was a team, take him in the first round. But if he ends up in a place where he is asked to start right away, I think it could be a disastrous if the organization isn't built like how Buffalo is built or how San Francisco was built to take on Trey Lance, right? Buffalo was uniquely built to handle... Josh Allen when he was drafted because they had Dayball and they had a structure where they knew they knew this was going to take some time. There was no pressure to win right away. Anthony Richardson is incredible. But Anthony Richardson could also, in two years from now, if we're talking about him like we did Trey Lance, it's like, man, he got injured. He just hasn't played enough football. I mean, he has not played enough football. And and so you've got to find the right the right landing spot for him. I would be wary of taking Anthony Richardson in the first round if I didn't have a place for him to sit for a year or a really, really great supporting cast. If I'm the Jets, I love Anthony Richardson. He could sit behind Mike White or, you know, at least, you know, you don't have to start him right away and you have a great offensive line and some young weapons. 
If I am the Vikings, I love Anthony Richardson. Sit behind is sit behind Kirk Cousins. I got a lot of weapons. I got a lot of support. If I'm the Lions at 18, I love the idea of Anthony Richardson. Sit behind golf for a year, weapons, support, take your time, let it develop, let it breathe. If I'm the Giants late in the first round and he's still sitting there, I love Anthony Richardson. If I'm the Ravens, I love Anthony Richardson. If I am the Seahawks, I love Anthony Richardson. He can sit behind Geno. Now, if you're the Ravens, you can start him right away, and you can just say, hey, well, we have an offense that's built for you to come in right away. And we know there's going to be some growing pains. We went through them with Lamar. By by year two, MVP, Anthony Richardson. The, the Ravens getting Anthony Richardson is fascinating because if the, if the Ravens get Anthony Richardson, they trade Lamar away, and they get Anthony Richardson. And he is successful in year two and, and, and having all, they are showing you the, a blueprint that works in the NFL that, that they are, that you don't need to sign a guy to a long-term deal. Ride him with his rookie contract, build an offense around him, win a bunch of games, let him win an MVP, and then let him go somewhere else. It's a fascinating thing, the Ravens with Anthony Richardson. So, um, that's how I rank them. CJ Stroud won. Will Levis, two, Bryce Young, three, Richardson, four, in the order I would draft him. And I would not draft Anthony Richardson if if I had to start him right away and I had nothing to support him and a defensive coach. I wouldn't draft him. I would draft Bryce Young if I had a lot of support, ready to go. I mean, I would take him if I was the Texans, too, at number two. Or trade up from because I think the Texans have a window to win within the next five years. Like I said, it's all about that window to win. Um, I, let me before I leave. I know this has been a long, long rant, but I knew this would be that way. Let me just tell you, there's so many court teams that need a quarterback. Texans at two, Colts at four, uh, Seahawks at five, Raiders at seven, Atlanta at eight, Carolina at nine. That is one, two, three, four, five, six teams out of the first ten. I could make the argument all could draft quarterbacks. Now, if I'm the Raiders, if I'm the Falcons, if I'm Carolina, seven, eight, nine, I am much more excited about the idea of Levis or Stroud than I am of Young or or Richardson. If I was there in charge of them. Now they may think differently. I'm just telling you what I would say. Because like I said, those teams aren't as ready to win now, and that quarterback, if they draft him, is going to have to start. Um, but Titans at 11, Texans are back picking at 12, Jets at 13, um, Washington at 16, uh, Lions at 18, Tampa Bay at 19, Seahawks again at 20, Ravens at 22, Vikings at 23, Giants at 25. All of those teams. And then don't forget the Saints at the end of the first round at 29. Richardson will get drafted in the first round. All four of these guys are going to the first round. And I think there could be some serious movement. If Young, if Stroud and Levis are gone by 10, keep an eye on Minnesota, New Orleans, Ravens, Seahawks, uh, Commanders, all Jets, all maybe vying to trade up to get Richardson in that 12, 11, 10, 12 range in the traffic. It'd be very interesting.
You're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app brought to you by Kunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. When we come back, some NBA stuff for Hesman headline number two. It's on the mark on News Talk 1070 KHMO. Hi, this is Jay. People, what they would do when they get back to their loved ones. I will hug my mom. My brother better be ready for that bear hug. Getting vaccinated is our chance to get back to what we miss so much safely. And for people at higher risk of complications due to diabetes, high blood pressure, and heart conditions, the COVID-19 vaccine is an important choice. Getting back to life. Set your heart on it. It's up to you. For more information, go to heart.org slash vaccine. A message from the American Heart Association. 1070 KHMO. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. We are brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. Stop by the dealership today. Tell them Mark sent you and shoot some free throws, some layups, and some three-pointers. They got the basketball uh, hoop all set up. More shots you make, more money you get off the purchase of your vehicle. March Madness at Cunis Honda Hyundai. Pretty cool. Also, they're doing some stuff with the tax dollars. If you haven't done your taxes yet, they'll do them for you, and you can use that money, your return money, today to get on a down. Don't wait for it. Use it today on a down payment. It's really special stuff that they're doing over at Cunis Honda Hyundai. All right, um, let's jump into it. Hespin headline number two. Hespin's headlines on the mark. All right, so um, the NBA catch-up. I, I think I kind of like this way of doing it. I, you know, I only get one one hour with you a week. And so there's so many games that happen in the NBA. In the NFL, it's a little different. You got one set of games, a week to digest, and then preview for the next, you know, everyone's playing. The, the, the NBA, I got, I got a million storylines that happened in the last week. So I kind of want to touch on all the big ones really quickly, give you a, a minute or two on each. LeBron is out for three weeks with the foot injury. I, this is a huge bummer. Uh, the Lakers are 11th in the West. They're only a game out of 10th. Uh, the the bottom of the West is so jumbled. The Lakers are only three games out of the sixth spot. Uh, so from Dallas to Minnesota, Clippers, Jazz, Pelicans, Lakers, uh, and you throw the Thunder and the and the Trailblazers in there, you have what seven teams within three and a half games of each other. So the Lakers are very viable if AD can help carry them down the stretch. Uh, with these new pieces, I do think the Lakers can sneak into the playoffs. I really do. They have an easy schedule. LeBron being out is a bummer, though, because I think if LeBron had been playing, been playing really good basketball, meshing with this new team, there's a chance they could have made a real run up into and out of that play-in tournament. But I expect the Lakers still, even without LeBron, to be in the play-in tournament. Uh, the Suns are now 2-0 and with KD, and they look great. They look really, really good. I worry a little bit about them defensively. At times, there's stretches where I've watched the games and I'm like, uh, who's going to get the stop for them? But they can shoot the lights out the gym. And it, and KD is just, he comes in right away and just works because he's a scorer. He's an, he's a weapon. And, um, him and Booker can get their shots because CP3 is, is just distributing the ball. And Aiton is really the perfect big man. To pair up with KD and, and Booker. I mean, he, he rebound, does dirty work on the glass. You don't have to run sets for him. Um, and, and really can run up and down the court. This team just moves up and down the court. Chris Paul is just three point line to three point line to three point line all day. It, they're fun to watch right now. Uh, and, uh, KD is, uh, it's just been really impressive how quickly it just works. 
And uh, he looks healthy, so that's good too. Being healthy with KD, very, very important. Don't look now. The Golden State Warriors have won five in a row without Steph Curry. Klay Thompson has been playing incredible basketball. Poole has stepped up. They've now figured out the rotation. You know, the, the Warriors made addition by subtraction at the trade deadline. They got rid of James Wiseman, the number one pick from a couple years ago. Um, and they've just said, you know what? We're going to go back to what we do best. We got shooters, we got space, and then we have a couple big guys like Kuminga and Looney who are going to just go out there and listen to Draymond, and Draymond will direct them and use their length, use their size, uh, and, and play in small ball, playing fast. Now, the Warriors can still lock it up defensively because they just – Clay is not the defender he used to be, and he wasn't like an all NBA first, second team defensive guy before the the two giant injuries, the ACL and the Achilles. Um, but Clay is shooting; his confidence is way up, and he can still lock down a guy in key possession. So the the Warriors uh, don't look now, but I think right now in the West, it's the Nuggets and the Warriors and everyone else. I know, I know, Mark. The Warriors are fifth. And uh, and there and what about the Suns? I, I the Warriors can score with the Suns, and I think they can defend better. Now we'll have to see when Steph comes back. Is he a hundred percent? And does he mess right back in? You know, um, but right now the Warriors and the Nuggets and the Suns are making the West going to be really really interesting. One of those two teams is not going to make the Western Conference Finals. Nuggets, Warriors, Suns. Crazy to think about because. They're all playing great basketball right now, and they're all, to me, capable of winning an NBA title. And one of them is not going to make uh, the Western Conference Finals. Um, let's talk a little series here now, John Morant. So a couple days ago, there, were, there was a report that came out that John Morant um, may be being charged with uh, their investigation into uh, reports that he, during this last summer, at a pickup game, uh, assaulted or uh, put hands on a teenager and also flashed a gun, uh, him or people in his crew. And that was bad. And people were like, oh, yeah, but it's been months ago, and why is it coming up now? And uh, obviously we want to look into it, but okay, this John Moran, this is not the first time he's had a bad headline. And then literally last night, as this breaks earlier this week, Flashing a gun, not a good look. Come on, Jai, you got to be smarter than that. Last night on Instagram Live or Twitter Live, one of the lives, John Morant flashing a gun shirtless at a strip club overnight after his team lost. I'm just going to say this. John Morant is a top 10 player in the league. He is a special, special NBA player. Someone in John Morant's corner, agent, father, mother, sibling, cousin, someone sit the kid down and tell him to knock it off. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing, John Morant? This is, I mean, you you just, I mean, this could be a, it will be, I'll just say this, it will be a, a historic failure of John Morant's support system. And for John Morant, if in a year or two from now we're talking about this kid flaming out or think something really bad happening. 
Rain him in. He's too talented. He's got such a bright future. And he's young. He's like 22, 23 years old. He's got to knock this stuff off. Knock it off, Ja. Um, Clippers are 0-4 with Russell Westbrook. I'd cut him. I would just cut him. <laughs> what a bad visual the other night as the, as the Clippers lost to the Warriors when literally they're just like, Draymond, you guard Russell whenever he's on the floor, and all Draymond did was stay in the paint and let Russell just, I mean, you just got to cut him. Didn't work. You're 0-4. Cut him. The Clippers are have uh, lost five in a row. They're 0-4 with Russell. Uh, they've fallen all the way back now to the eighth seed. Cut him. That's what I would do. I would cut him. Uh, and finally, Milwaukee, the Bucks, my Bucks. As you know, I've been on the Bucks. I was on the Bucks two years ago when they won the title. I was on the Bucks last year, even without uh, Middleton when he was injured. I'm on. The, I've been on the Bucks all year. They've won 16 in a row. Uh, I think the Bucks are the best team in the NBA. When all healthy and all things said and done, I I don't see anyone beating Giannis in the Bucks. I think I think Giannis uh, should absolutely be right there with Jokic, step for step for the MVP conversation. He's been brilliant this year. Sixteen wins in a row. I know he's dealt with some injuries, missed some time, uh, but I, they're the number one seed now. They've caught up to the Celtics. They've run down the Celtics. They're the number one seed now. They got a game up on the Celtics. Uh, I think the Milwaukee Bucks are peaking at the right time. Can they stay healthy now? March down the stretch. Can they get the, the number one overall seed and have game seven in Milwaukee? That could be huge. You're listening on the mark. News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. When we come back, um, we're going to talk really quickly about that full swing Netflix documentary. A little golf talk is we are about a month away from the Masters. It's on the mark. News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. There are places, people, and conditions in this world that almost seem beyond hope. But not when Mercy Ships is there. Mercy Ships is a place restoring sight to the blind, normalcy to the deformed, beauty and happiness to the outcast, and joy to the brokenhearted. And many times... You can almost see the life coming back into them. Can't be that. Mercy Ships is the largest floating civilian hospital in the world, staffed with some of the most skilled volunteer medical professionals and crew. Mercy Ships is the reason why hope is now in sight for those who need it most. To learn more, go to mercyships.org today. My early Alzheimer's diagnosis was hard to take. But it gave my mom and me more time to plan together. Talk to your family about seeing a doctor. Go to alz.org slash time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. I'm Martin Hoke. The allergy forecast from the News Talk 1070 KHMO Weather Center. Chance for scattered showers today. Otherwise overcast. Highs around 57. Southwest winds 8 to 15 miles per hour. Partly cloudy tonight. Lows around 34. Highs around 60 tomorrow. Cloudy skies. Right now, 41. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by the great people at Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. Stop by the dealership today uh, through March. Today, tomorrow, all week, uh, all through March. March Madness is going on at the dealership. You want to save extra money in your vehicle? They're going to let you shoot a free throw, a layup, a three-pointer to try to knock some uh, cash 
off the bottom uh, bottom line of your vehicle. Uh, it's uh, really fun. Those guys are just the best. Tell them uh, Mark sent you when you stop on by. Okay, quickly, Full Swing is on Netflix. I highly recommend watching it, even if you're just a fringe golf fan. Um, I learned so much. Uh, I'm a I'm an avid golf majors fan. I you know I love the majors. I have a couple golfers I follow that I root for, similar to NASCAR. I like the big races. I have a driver or two that I like and I support, so you can get in and out of it at any time. Um, what I what I say I took away from Full Swing is this: seeing them all in the locker room interacting is very cool. Um, it, it, it humanizes a lot of these guys. Also, you start to realize the pressure and the money that's on the line and at stake and how, you know, they all are talking and interacting and, um, and, and, you know, jiving at each other, making jokes. It's really, really fun and interesting to watch. Um, to me, the stars of it, Rory McIlroy came out as a five star. I've always liked Rory, but you want to root for him even more now. What he did last year with Tiger to really help write the PGA Tour leading into this year with some of the rule changes they've made, um, it's a big season for the PGA Tour. They have a couple events now that are a little bit more like live events that kind of stole it. And I'm like, all right, you want guaranteed money? You want uh, some uh, no-cut events? There's about 12 things on the PGA Tour this year where the biggest names are going to compete no matter what. There's going to be no cuts. Um, and I think it's smart to do. It's smart to do. You know, what? Don't do the stupid team thing that Liv's doing, and no one cares about it. You, you hear? We all saw the ratings come out on the Liv. Uh, they were they were outdrawed by world's funniest animals on the CW. It's pathetic. I mean, no one's watching. So let them get their Saudi money and do their thing. But no one's watching, and no one's talking about them. Arnold Palmer's going on this week. It's very compelling. It's fun to watch, and uh, then PGA Tour is, is uh, capitalizing on it. I think um, uh, for the PGA, one of the things I will say is um, this uh, full swing is going to help them even more because some of the guys, they introduce you to five or six golfers that are like up-and-coming golfers who I wouldn't known about, and now I do care about watching them in PGA Tour events. So I, it, it's a it's going to help them get more eyeballs. We all know Rory, we all know Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, but now Mito Pereira and some of the guys they talked about, uh, uh, Dahmer, you know, da- Damon, and, and all these people. That it's like I didn't know these guys, and now I know them because they were on full swing. It's even better for the PGA Tour. Um, I'm very excited about the Masters. We'll talk about that next month when we come back. Couple quick hitter topics to wrap up the show. We're live and local. It's on the market. News Talk 1070 KHMO on the KHMO app. Weather brought from the Salvation Army. Welcome to Heartbeat. Where did we come from and where are we going? Atheists respond to this first question by saying that we're the impossible result of chance, an explosion of elements into organized chaos. But those of us who believe can answer we come from God. We've been created by him in his image and likeness. Now, where are we going? We are going to live in eternity with our Heavenly Father. But it's important that we recognize God's purpose for us here on earth, just as Jesus recognized the Father's purpose for him. If we know the purpose of our life, if we know both where we came from and where we're going, then we're prepared to be instruments in the hands of Almighty God. For more episodes of Heartbeat, visit SalvationArmyRadio.org.
Hi, I'm Kathy Bates. As a two-time cancer survivor, I know a cancer diagnosis can feel like the walls are closing in. You must also consider the threats you don't see coming, like LE, lymphedema, a chronic disease often brought on by cancer treatment that leaves many with a lifetime of swelling and pain. If you're facing cancer, I urge you to discuss lymphedema with your doctor. With knowledge and action, we can learn and live. Learn more at lymphaticnetwork.org. Her words weren't written under peaceful shade, but under fear for her life. I don't think of all the misery, but of the beauty that still remains. The words of Anne Frank continue to fill us with hope. Hope. Pass it on from PassItOn.com. 1070 KHMO. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. Your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Ask him about that lifetime powertrain warranty when you stop by the dealership and go shoot some uh, shoot some hoops there. March Madness at the dealership. Save some money on your purchase. All right, we only have a couple minutes left here. And so I have three things I want to talk about. First and foremost, Detroit Lions head coach uh, Dan Campbell. Love Dan Campbell. He said about the combine, we don't make our judgment on guys in pajamas with no contact. We make our judgment on on the caliber of the player from the film. And I I agree with that 99%. What I will say it's interesting about the combine, what I and why I think teams should take it seriously for this reason. I think interviews are important. You got to start dating these guys and understanding do they have any weird quirks? Especially if you're talking about quarterbacks and like and receivers and high profile guys, are they a total diva, or are they in? Are they you know? Are, am I getting a Juju Smith Schuster where he's going to come in and TikTok all the time and not 100 percent commit to the craft, or am I getting a a guy who's like a head down Devonte Smith, all about the craft of being great at the game? Am I getting a Johnny Manziel or a Zach Wilson? Or am I getting a kid who's 100% great leadership qualities, Jalen Hurts, who's going to come in there and and wow us with their leadership? So I think the combine is important for that. And I do think getting official measurements is important. So I, I think that's what I would take from the combine. I Interviews are hugely important. I need to know, I need to start dating these guys. I need to know, are they weird? Are they unique? Miles Garrett, it was really interesting to learn, oh, no, no, he's kind of a nerd. And he's going to come in there and he's going to work his butt off. Yeah, I'll take him number one overall. I don't have to worry about character concerns at all. Um, So that's what I think is important with the combine. I agree mostly with Dan Campbell. Watch the games. It's more important because you're going to get wowed by Richardson at his pro day. Like we got wowed by Zach Wilson at the pro day. Look how that turned out. Um, Marcus Mariota cut by the Falcons. I said this three years ago. When he left, uh, when he was getting cut by the Titans, I'm saying it again. The Kansas City Chiefs need to offer Marcus Mariota a five-year, $50 million backup deal to Patrick Mahomes. He's the perfect backup to Patrick Mahomes. In that system, he's going to have to start a game a year. Patrick always tweaks an ankle or does something. He can keep you afloat, keep you alive, spread the money out over long, sign Marcus Mariota to be the permanent backup to Patrick Mahomes. Done deal. That's what I would do. And finally, Carson Wentz, released by the Commanders. What does Carson Wentz's career look like? I will give you one 
place that I think makes a lot of sense for Carson Wentz this year, the Arizona Cardinals. You don't have to worry about, is he going to take the job? Kyler is your guy. We all know Kyler's way better than Carson Wentz. But you need someone to basically start this entire season for you. So bring him in there. Let him start. Let him take the lumps. And then if Kyler is ready by Christmas, you start Kyler. Maybe he can keep you afloat, win a game or two to keep you around 500, and then you get Kyler in there. Or if Kyler needs to sit the whole year, then you start Carson Wentz, let him get beat to crap. Who cares what the record is? And then you're ready. You let him go and try to prove that he can be a starter somewhere. I think Carson Wentz's only shot makes sense in Arizona. Thank you so much for making me a part of your Saturday morning. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Hespin. I'll see you next week for another episode of On the Mark. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey.